We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dawson here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? We're 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Pastor. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After dark. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Friday evening edition of the Field of 68. After dark, it was a wild, wild Friday in the college basketball world. Not something that you necessarily expect on a Friday night in college hoops. My name is Rob Dosser. I have with me Jeff Goodman. I have with me Jarrell McNeil. And we have a lot to get to here tonight, guys. First and foremost, I just want to say this was not a great day for Rob Doster opinions. The team that I said was going to win the SEC, Arkansas, lost tonight. The team that I said was going to make a Final Four, Providence, lost tonight. My favorite team, UConn, lost one of their best players, a future lottery pick in Stephen Castle. That's not good. But where we got to start is Michigan, who on Tuesday night I said was the second best team in the Big Ten, went out and lost 94 to 86 at home to Long Beach State. Marcus Sosonis, I butchered that name, Marcus. I'm sorry. He had 35 <laughs> points. And he deserved to have your name pronounced right. That one's hard. Uh, Doug McDaniel had 20.6 assists and two rebounds. Uh, Olivier Kamwa had 22 points and 11 boards, but Michigan State gave up 56% field goal shooting and eight for 17 from three. Goodman, I'm going to you first on this one because I know you are just ready to rub this in my face. <laughs> Go ahead. Floor is yours. So ready. So ready. I mean, like, you are the, the master of the overreaction. That's what you are because one game against St. John's and you were ready to give Michigan second place over Tom Izzo in the Big Ten. Like, how dumb are you? How dumb? Go Very. ahead. You can answer that question. How dumb? Very. I'm not I'm not the brightest. And look, in my defense, I did not overreact to Michigan beating St. John's. I actually overreacted to Michigan beating Youngstown State and UNC Asheville. So <laughs> for the record, you're you, did. you gotta check this book. That's true. You started it earlier than the St. John. I forgot about that. You are even dumber than I thought. Um uh, now listen, Michigan, good win against St. John's. Uh 
But again, you're catching a St. John's team right now that we saw that today when they lost to Dayton, and we'll talk about that later. They're going to try to find their way. They're terrible defensively right now. Uh, I don't think this Michigan team is anything more than a middle-of-the-road-ish Big Ten team. But again, there are a lot of middle-of-the-road-ish Big Ten teams right now, and that's the big concern about this league. But Doug McDaniel looks good. Conwell looked good tonight. But again, they couldn't stop Dan Munson and Long Beach State. The beach with the win. Go ahead, Jarrell. It's your turn. Let me have it. I mean, straight right away, same thing. Uh, I think it's it's a little bit hard to sort everything out right now in the Big Ten. Uh, a lot of the teams, obviously Michigan was one of the teams that we were kind of leaning toward and getting high on. And uh, as soon as we started to do that, they kind of had a, a falling back to earth tonight with a, with a with a bad home loss. And I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's gonna. I think it's really gonna come down to the defensive end of the ball, uh, defensive side of the ball for those guys, man. Uh, Ninety-four points uh, at home is just way too much. And uh, Marcus Tashonis did whatever he wanted to do tonight, and he was cooking with grease. Like that, yeah. Cooking with grease was uh, Mm. cooking with grease. That was a good one. Um, I think you're 100 (laughs) right. Like it's the defensive. They got to figure out that side of the ball. You can't give up 94 points. You can't allow 56 percent shooting from the field. Here's what I'm gonna say. Here's how I'm gonna justify it in my mind. And here's what the argument I'm gonna lay out is. Okay. Villa uh, after beating St. John's. No, no, listen, after beating St. John's, Michigan, their heads got a little bit too big, right? They were feeling themselves a little bit too much, and they needed to be humble. They walked into Chrysler Arena tonight, and they were like, we're going to blow this team out by 30. It's Long Beach State. We just went into the Garden and won by 16 points. We don't even have to worry about it. We don't have to try it, and we're going to have a great Friday night afterwards. They spent all their time planning what they were going to do that night, and they forgot that they had to get ready to beat a Long Beach State team that, oh, by the way, went into Chicago. Chicago and took down Big East juggernaut, Big East powerhouse to Paul. I think we're looking at this the wrong way. Long Beach State is one of the best mid-major college basketball programs that you're going to find this season. Long Beach State is the team that we actually should rank in the top 25 over James Madison. Long Beach State, the 49ers are the team that we all need to be paying attention to, Goodman. I think uh, we're looking at this the wrong way. Marcus Tashonis. He might be an All-American. That's where I stand on this. <laughs> 35 points, man. He, he started his career at VCU. He's kind of blossomed under Dan Munson, who's gotten this thing back going. Um, when it was it was kind of down for, for a year or two there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think we know now, like, is Michigan for real? It, it's way too early to tell. I, I think they could be in the mix for an NCAA tournament berth. But, uh, again, they're in that mix with a bunch of other Big Ten teams right now that really we don't feel great about. And it's basically everybody other than Purdue. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Like Maryland here. So let's, let's talk about Maryland because they went to, uh, they went to Finneran Pavilion. They went to the Finn and they lost to a Villanova team coming off of a loss to Penn. It was 57 to 40. This game was 39 to 15 at halftime. At one point, Jarrell in the second half, Villanova was up 46 to 15 with 13 minutes left. And I swear that you could actually see the steam coming out of Kevin Willard's ears. His head was as red as anything that I've ever seen in my life. And I, I know that the uh, the Terps did not show up tonight. So I'm going to ask you this, Jarrell. Does this say more about Villanova? Does this say more about Maryland? And and how – I mean, you played this game at a high level, man. Like, how can you come out in a game like this and lay a stinker like that? 
Uh, I mean, just being honest, uh, it was uh, it was kind of uh, it was kind of impressive uh, in a bad way, almost like a car accident. Uh, and I was just tracking the game. I tried my best to I tried, I tried my best to get through it uh, going into the second half. But 15 first half points. And then I can't, I gave them a shot coming out of halftime, and uh, and I'm for sure I'm almost positive they went the first five minutes of halftime and still didn't score a field goal. These guys had nobody on their team that had more than one field goal made in the first half. And uh, to be honest with you, that's a little bit hard. That's a, that's a little bit hard to do in this game. Uh, sometimes you you know you you just catch a break, you get a tip in, a couple guys get it going, somebody ends up making a shot. But that was not the case tonight. And uh, and I think it says a lot about Nova too. After uh, some would consider, I wouldn't consider it a, a bad loss, but uh, you know, an early loss that we didn't think they were going to get. They kind of bounced back tonight and kind of showed uh, show who they're going to be. And I think Villanova is going to be a team to be reckoned with uh, throughout the rest of the year, especially going into the Big East and conference play. Listen, I, I feel bad yeah, Rob, for Kevin Willard because Kevin Willard going into the game was zero and six at the Pavilion. And uh, I, I tweeted something earlier that he needs a few extra cups, cups of coffee. I don't know what would have done it tonight. I mean, honestly, he, he needed some alcohol. That's what he needed. He needed yeah. some serious alcohol during the game. Because, Absolutely. again, think about this. You know, they, the final was 57-40. They wanted a 13-2 run to end the game over the final three and a half minutes. So it was even worse when you look at it. Like, there's scrubs. I don't want to call them scrubs, but – they're, 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 you know, whoever was in at the end, I wasn't really watching, uh, went on that run at the end. But Kevin Willard now 0-7 at the Pavilion. Um, he'll never play there again, ever. And this was the fewest amount of points Maryland scored since 1982 in the ACC tournament. Uh, I'm worried about Maryland now. And I, I was high on them coming into the year. Yeah. Like, I liked them coming into the year. I thought Julian Reese was going to take the next step. They had Jameer Young back. They brought in a couple really good freshmen, talented kids. Uh, but now you look at it, that's that's three, you know, this wasn't a bad loss. Like losing at Villanova is not a bad loss. Losing how you did and on the heels of the UAB and Davidson neutral site setbacks, that's what makes this a terrible, terrible loss. That's, and that's the thing that, to me. Yeah. That's the thing yeah. to me, Goodman, is that they they went out and they we, we talked about this on, uh, was it Tuesday night? It was either Monday or Tuesday night with Randolph. And – Maryland lost close games against two very different teams in UAB and Davidson. Davidson, they couldn't deal with like all the spread out stuff that they were running. And um, and then you go up against UAB and they couldn't deal with the physicality. They couldn't deal with the toughness. They couldn't deal with the athleticism. And after after a week like that, two three-point, one-possession, tough, brutal losses – you would think going on the road against a team that just took an L themselves that they would come out with a little bit of 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 fire, right? Of a little with a little bit of motivation, saying like, "All right, this is our chance to erase those two. We can buy, we can go get a ro- a win on the road against the top thirty team in America. A quad one win. This is not just a quad one win. This is a high level quad one win that we have a chance to go get. And they were down thirteen to two. Like by the time the game switched over. From I forget from Michigan State Butler or switched over and it's already 13 2 to Villanova. And then by the time you look up again and they're down by 18, and then you look up again and it's 24 at the half, and you look up again. When I was doing the box scores for the show and writing down the notes that I needed, it was 55 to 27 with three minutes and 29 seconds left to be under four timeout. Like that's just Jarrell, to you know, me, that's just one of those games where Rob, hey Rob, 
if you're writing the story, if you're if you're in attendance and you're writing the story, you love it because you're like, I can write this game at halftime. I don't even have to watch mm-hmm. the second half. It was Jarrell. The good news. I'm Kevin shocked Willard, Willard didn't get run. The hey, the biggest surprise is that Kevin Willard didn't get run in the second half to just get the hell out of there. <laughs> nah, he probably wanted to be there to watch his players struggle, so that every time that they missed a shot, he could just sit there. And give them the glare when they come over to the bench. Um, <laughs> Joel, let me ask you this. Where, where do you stand overall on the Big Ten? Uh, I, I think that you can make a pretty strong <clears throat> argument that, once again, Purdue is the best team in college basketball. But unlike unlike what the league was the last couple of years, I think once you get past them, it's just there's not like a lot of good teams that we don't know who the next best is. There's a lot of teams that you're like, man, they could – I don't know if that's a tournament team, right? No, absolutely, and I think, uh, and I think this is uh, this is sort of the issue with the Big Ten every year, and uh, you know, I think it, it's almost to a point now where it benefits these guys from getting a conference play and and getting a shot at a shot to beat up on each other a little bit, uh, because right now, you know, the conference is kind of getting their ass handed to them from uh, from a little bit of everywhere around the nation, and to be honest with you, outside of Purdue. Uh, you see a ton of question marks in the conference. <clears throat> Obviously, coming into the year, we thought uh, Michigan State was going to be, you know, the other team that was going to be in contention and competing for a title as well. But they had some early struggles as well. But uh, obviously, I don't think that their their issues are as serious as uh, some are making it out to be. They had two losses, but uh, one of them, I guess, I don't even know if you consider that one a terrible loss anymore because James Madison is ranked top 25 now and I think they're what four or five and oh something like that and uh and then the other one is uh is at Duke so uh you know they don't have bad losses but for the rest of the conference it's a ton of question marks where does uh Maryland fit into this uh Ohio State's kind of struggled early on and they looked okay at times um who else you got Illinois kind of looks like they're they're in a little bit of disarray and trying to find their identity and exactly who they're going to be. I got a chance to go see them and uh, Marquette earlier in the week as well. Uh, Good players, but just haven't quite put it together and what kind of team they're going to be. But it's it's a ton of question marks in the big team, but I'm sure uh, once we get to the once we get to the conference play and they get to beating up on each other a little bit, we're going to be talking about how many, how many teams are going to get into the tournament again. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, that that Marquette uh, Illinois game, uh, you know, we when we talked about it during the week, we spent a lot of time focusing on Marquette and how impressive it was they won that game. But Illinois is a team they struggled. Uh, I can't. I'm blanking on who they played um, before Marquette, but they struggled with them tonight. They struggled with Valpo, and uh, they were down at halftime by seven. It was they were tied with about ten minutes left in that game. They made a huge run to close it out. What? What do you think Illinois is missing? Like, what is what's the problem with that team at this point in the season, Jarrell? Uh, and I, I think it's uh, I think it's just finding out uh, kind of where some of their pieces fit. Uh, a big part of that, and uh, and one of the cool things for me is uh, being able to be a coach in the EYBLs too. Is uh, I get a ton, I got a ton of kids spread out all, all across the country. One of those guys is Ty Rogers, so we got a chance to see him. Uh, I think. The way that they use him, because we heard all this stuff in the preseason about him going to be the point guard this year, the way that they're going to use him over the next couple of months and the confidence that he grows is only going to make them a better team. Uh, Obviously, I think Hawkins was out tonight. Uh, He has to get healthy and stay healthy. He has to be better and kind of a leader for them. Terrence Shannon has been doing what Terrence Shannon usually does, is attacking the ring, being physical, being aggressive, taking the challenge. Yep. 
Hey, let me interrupt you on Rodgers. Is he a point guard? In 10 seconds, is Ty Rodgers a point guard? I think he's Draymond Green, but more athletic, like offensively. He's more of a point forward naturally, but at the same time, he has the attributes. He's really good at making passes, reading defenses, and he can make all of the plays. So uh, the only thing that he really struggles with is his shot right now. So, yeah. Well, Illinois was not the only team that struggled tonight. Uh, we saw Arkansas have a less than ideal performance at home against UNCG. We're going to be talking about the SEC and the Hogs when we come back. College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with Three Man Weave, Heat Check CBB, and Verbal Commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome back to the Friday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. I have Marquette Legend. I'm going to go ahead and call him a legend because he deserves to be called a legend. Jerome McNeil here with me. I have Jeff Goodman who picked St. Mary's to make it to the Final Four. St. Mary's is now down by 20 to San Diego State in the Continental Tire main event out in Las Vegas. You can rub it in my face. I can rub it in your face just as well, Jeff Goodman. Um, <laughs> So we're going to make a quick little pivot here. We are going to be joined here probably in about 15 minutes by the Langley twins from UNCG, uh, who were part of the team that went into Arkansas and won tonight. So we're going to do a little flip-flop here. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. So we're going to kick it off here by talking Kansas State, Providence. Kansas State wins 73-70 to in overtime in the Baja Mar. I think it's called the Baja Mar Classic down in the Bahamas. Goodman. Uh, there was obviously a fight at the end. We'll, we can kind of break that down a little bit. But uh, Providence lost a game that was winnable. They did it without Jaden Pierre, and they did it with uh, Bryce Hopkins playing uh, like he was Jeff Goodman. Are you worried about where the Friars are right now? Are you <laughs> impressed with what Kansas State was this season? What do you take of that game uh, that happened down in the Bahamas? Yeah, I mean, it was a war. You, you saw it with a couple skirmishes, uh, one of which is probably going to get Garway Dual, a talented freshman for Providence, and Day Day Ames, a talented freshman for Kansas State, both suspended, maybe for more than a game. But listen, here's the difference. The difference to me was point guard play. And down the stretch, Kansas State was able to execute. Uh, Tyler Perry was terrific playing the two-man game, um, and, and he went 14 for 14 from the line, but he just controlled the game. You know, they're without Naquan Tomlin and uh, Quez Glover, two of their best players, and still able to get this win against a Providence team that I know you picked them to go to the Final Four in your hot take show. I know you don't think they're really going to the Final Four, but they are a talented team with two all-league players in Devin Carter and Bryce Hopkins. Uh, so I think this was a hell of a win for Kansas State. So good that, in fact, I'm going to throw on another hat <laughs> Uh, we got dudes hat because Tyler Perry is a dude. He is an absolute dude. Jarrell, what do you make of that game? Man, I think it was the uh, same thing that Jeff said, really. It was a really tough, hard-fought game. Uh, it was a bit of a rock fight, especially early on, I'd say, through about three quarters of that game. But, uh, man, high level, high intensity. Uh, both teams were playing really physical. Both teams were trying to get after each other and guard. Uh, and to be honest, it was a little sloppy at times with turnovers and mistakes and things like that. But, uh, man, I think Providence, like you said, they really missed the opportunity tonight. I thought they had a chance, and I thought they were going to take control of that game toward the end, uh, especially going down the stretch in those last couple of possessions after they got that big stop uh, against Kaluma, where the guy made a hell of a defensive play. Uh, for some reason, they drew up an ISO for Kaluma on the wing there at the end of the game instead of keeping the ball in uh, Tyler Perry's hand, uh, which I, I don't think made a lot of sense. You know, they, they were they were eating out the high ball screen with him all night. He was making plays. He was getting other guys' ball. Uh, you know, you got to go to your guy, and that kid is tough, man. But it was a really good game, a well-played game by both sides, but I think Providence let one get away tonight. Yeah, to this point in the season, Bryce Hopkins is uh, – he came into tonight shooting 32% from the floor uh, and 20% from beyond the arc. And tonight he went two for 15 from the floor. This has not been the season that we necessarily expected for Bryce Hopkins. I want to ask you this, Jarrell. We saw the play that happened at the end of regulation, right? Devin Carter comes off a ball screen, gets into the lane, and gets bumped when he is in the air. 
Um, I thought it could have been a call to foul. Uh, it looked like it was one of those situations where the referee said, we're not going to decide the game by uh, blowing the whistle when uh, they actually did decide the game by not blowing the whistle because the dude got fouled. Did you think that Devin Carter got fouled on that final possession? I think um, I think if I think them not calling that foul fit with kind of the the, the growing trend of that game, uh, they let those guys play, you know, and they let the players decide the game. It was a physical, uh, a, t- a tough, gritty game all the way through, and uh, you know sometimes when you draw the ball to the rim in those type of situations, and uh, and you play for contact, you know, you got to be willing to go in there and finish through it. But uh, to be honest with you, Rob, I thought he had. Opportunity at the last second there, where he had a couple guys on the weak side wide open, uh, maybe a guy in the corner. I'm not sure who it was, and another guy diving toward the rim on that. So maybe he could have looked to uh, to drop it off or kick it, kick it out to the corner for a three. But uh, I still liked it. I liked him being aggressive and trying to get downhill. Because to be honest with you, they wouldn't have been in that situation tonight if he hadn't did what he'd done. Even though he didn't shoot it great, but he still finished the game with uh, you know 19 points and seven rebounds and. Uh, a few too many turnovers, six turnovers, but uh, you know he was the reason that they were there. So I don't, I don't have a problem with it. And I, don't, I don't think the ref should have called it there. I think you got to let the players decide the game in that situation. Yeah, Goodman. Let me ask you this: So Garway Duall and uh, and Day Ams, what kind of happened was that there was it was a tested game. It was a physical game. You could tell that emotions were running high uh, throughout most of that second half. Duall hits Ames with a shoulder. Ames comes back and kind of sneakily catches him right in the chin, right in the jaw. Um, I think that Day-Day knew exactly what he was doing when he did that. I think Garway believed he knew exactly what he was doing when he did that. And he came back, and it it wasn't really a punch. He kind of hit him with, like, the the, the Chuck Liddell it's elbow a right in the jaw. Shiver. A forearm <laughs> shiver. I, I wanted to do that to you for the last four weeks <laughs> since we've been traveling uh, together to all these media days and, and, and games. Next time I see you, I'm going to give you the forearm shiver. You're smarter than uh, you're smarter than that. I promise you. What do you? In all seriousness, though, if you are, if you are Kim English, how do you how do you kind of handle that? If you're Jerome Tang, how do you handle that with those two guys? Is this just freshmen having to learn a tough lesson the hard way? Yeah, I would ask Jarrell this question because because he's been through it, and Jarrell was about as tough a dude because I saw him play at <laughs> AAU ball plenty. He was about as tough a dude coming out, and obviously your emotions are going to get the best of you. But you have to also understand, as you mature, you can't put your team in, in situations like that, right, Jarrell? No, absolutely, and um, it'll it'll hopefully be a, a major learning experience for both freshmen. And uh, like you said, I think they got a little bit tangled up. I, don't, I think it was. Uh, it, it ended up being a lot worse than it what it should have been. It should have just been a little tangle up, maybe push the guy, but the guy did kind of throw a throw a forearm at him at the at the end of that. But he he did get caught in the mouth right before that. But uh, you know that and at this level and uh, at this at this age, uh, you gotta let that type of stuff go. And to be honest with you, it's not uh, once you get to that point where you're getting ejected out of games and throwing actual punches. You know, at that point, it's not tough anymore. It's just kind of stupid. Because uh, you got to realize that you know you're in situations where you're not just you're not just gonna hurt yourself and being out, but you're hurting your team and your teammates in a nip and tuck game at that. So uh, you know th- those guys are young, uh, and they both play play really pivotal minutes tonight, and they're both really good players, uh, especially getting those type of minutes as freshmen. But they got to learn from this experience, man. We need you in the game. You can't throw punches at the worst. You know, uh, you know, watch the NBA outside of the the, the Draymond uh, Roddy Roddy Piper sleeper hold. <laughs> 
uh, you you know it's usually just a good a good a good pushing match. You know what I mean? Because number one, nobody wants to lose that money and get fined. But number two, you know nobody really wants to fight if, if it's that serious. You know, guys guys usually taking it into the tunnels or the locker room or something like that, man. Whatever it may be. So, hey, Rob, the, the big Rob, thing for me with our, the fact that he knows who Roddy Piper is. I'm I'm all in on, on Jarrell on After Dark. Like Jeff, Roddy I'm, I'm an old, old school wrestling fan, Jeff. That's, I'm an old school wrestling fan. Love it, love it. <laughs> um, the the last thing that I'll say, and then we can move on, is that uh, if Garway doesn't respond, and the referees go to the monitor, which I'm sure they would have done, then Providence would have gotten two foul shots and the ball down by five with eight seconds left. So. Um, Garway's got to be better than that. I understand that uh, the moment's running hot and the, the, the fresh, uh, frustrations are running high, but can't do that, man. You got to be better than that. All right. The other Big East team that was in action tonight was St. John's, and they lost uh, at, uh, well, it wasn't at home. It was in the Charleston Classic. They lost to Dayton 88 to 81, 21 and 5 for Deron Holmes. The Johnnies had 14 turnovers and allowed 52% shooting and 41% three point shooting. Goodman. This is where we need to talk about Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It is the place you can store your own predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove that you are smarter than your friends and the people that you also hate like Jeff Goodman. So go download the Vaulted app for free. It is spelled V-L-T-E-D. And challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. Goodman, here's the challenge that I have for you. I know that St. John's has already lost two games. I know they lost to Dayton. I know they lost at home to a Michigan team that you think is horrible, and I still think is actually pretty good. I am saying, I am challenging you that St. John's is going to make it to the NCAA tournament still. Rick Patino is going to find an answer here. Do you accept my challenge? No, I agree with you. I'm not betting against Rick Pitino. You know, he's got a completely different team. He doesn't have R.J. Luis, who's hurt right now. Um, I don't know if he's got a dude, but I'm not sure he needs a dude to be able to get in the NCAA tournament. So I'm with you on this one. I'm I'm not going against you. Jarrell, where do you stand? I'm, I'm going against you. So let me get this right. That means I don't accept the challenge, right? Yes, correct. Right. So, yeah, I'm not accepting this challenge. Um, and that's not to say that I don't think that uh, I don't think that's that St. John's will be in the mix at the end. I think they'll be one of those teams that are there. They'll get better as the year goes on and uh, obviously got a ton of respect for Coach Patino. But, man, right now, I think they're in flux of kind of uh, him putting his stamp on what he wants to build and that program to be from what they have personnel wise right now. And they're really, really bad defensively. Uh, and they can't stop anybody. So it's going to be hard to get wins like that, giving up almost 80, 90 points a game. Drill, you played against Patino when he was in the Big East at Louisville, right? What is Absolutely. it about his teams that make him, that make them so tough to play against? What makes him so good as a coach? I mean, one of the things in uh, the trademarks and the things that I used to I, I used to hate playing against it constant was just the constant pressure. And uh, back at Louisville, they used to run the fuck. What was it? A two two one, I think. 
with the little guards up top, man, and they kind of just bait you into coming up that sideline and they start getting traps and getting really, really scrappy. And uh, they were always tough and competitive teams, not to mention this is back when we played at Freedom Hall, which was just a hard place to win at anyway, man. But they'll play fast, they'll play hard, they'll press, they'll get after people, they'll create turnovers. Those are all the staples of a normal Rick Patino teams. He's going to get there. It's just a matter of when uh, and, and being able to kind of – kind of build on what he has personnel-wise right now. He doesn't have the guys right now that's, that's able to do that for 40 minutes. So I think that's hurting him a little bit on the back end and down the stretch of games. All right, Goodman, let me hit you with this. Houston uh, went out and they beat Utah today. Jamal Shade had uh, – and, and – um... And LJ Cryer combined for 28 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Manuel Sharp had 15 off the bench. Are we doing it again? Are we looking at this Houston team and completely over, uh, overlooking how good they are and what they can do just because we don't necessarily know the names as well as we do for some of these other teams? Yeah, and, and Terrence Arsenault had like eight off the bench. He's going to come along. He's super talented as a sophomore. But listen, I'll say this, Rob. I think if you told me I can have one player shooting a three, at the end of a game in all of college basketball, I might take <laughs> LJ Cryer. I might take LJ Cryer. That's how much I like him. I love Shed. Their bigs are their bigs. They're not going to overwhelm you, but they're tough. They're physical. They fight you. So absolutely, I'm Kelvin Sampson, no doubt. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm kind of with you on that. It's a Kelvin Sampson team, a Kelvin Sampson program, and they are going to beat you up. Uh, sometimes literally, sometimes metaphorically. They're going to get to the offensive glass and they're going to play uh, great. Defense. Look, I teased it earlier. I told you guys earlier that we were going to talk to the Langley Twins from UNC Greensboro. We're going to talk about Arkansas losing at home to a team from SoCon. That is going to happen for real this time when we come back from this break. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD200 and you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly when placing your first wager of at least $10 with BetMGM. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD200. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game regardless of sport. You will receive $200 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure that you use the bonus code FIELD200 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, Parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Friday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. That is Jeff Goodman. That is Jarrell McNeil. And we need to talk about the Arkansas Razorbacks. Arkansas at home uh, found themselves down 38 to 24 at halftime to UNC Greensboro, who's good, but not good enough that they should be going into uh, into the um, Bud Walton Arena and beating up on the Arkansas team that's ranked top 15 in the country. Guys, uh, I'm going to start with uh, Jarrell. I'm going to start um, to you on this one. What is the thing that Arkansas is doing that is the most concerning at this point? They're losing 78 to 72. They're shooting four for 23 from three. It's another must team that's struggling in November. Is this just kind of what they do at this point in the year? Uh, I mean, I think it, I, I feel like it's become a, a ongoing trend kind of for those teams over the last couple of years uh, since Coach Musselman's been there. Uh, one of the things that's really cool though about that is that they're another team I feel like over the last few years that you don't have to worry about. Uh, they're kind of late starters. They get going uh, usually down the stretch of the second half of the season. And I know he does a great job and has a big background in it. But, man, uh, guys improve under him throughout the course of the year. I think that's really big in college basketball, especially once we get to going into these holiday breaks and Christmas time and Thanksgiving. I'm sure all the guys that play at that level know that's kind of the worst thing that you want to hear is that uh, no no more classes and you're the only team that's still left on campus. But uh, th- those are hours that kind of benefit you, man, because you don't have to worry about going into school. And usually you see guys that are on the roster kind of separate themselves and take that next step. And I think Arkansas is going to be the same way. Uh, usually, over, traditionally, they, they don't they don't shoot the ball from outside well. Traditionally, they, they don't have a ton of guys that can knock down shots always. But uh, one of the things that was that's a little bit concerning is that I think one of the one of their best offenses has been their offensive rebounding. They go after the glass hard. They're really athletic. They go get extra possessions, and that really helps them. And uh, you know they struggle with that a little bit tonight, and uh, you know really to start off the season. But I think they'll pick it up and they'll be fine. Good man, you called this man. You called it way back when they got all of these commits back in, uh, what was it, in April? They landed like five, the first five guys that entered the portal must went out and got. Um, and you said they don't have enough shooting. They shot four for 23 tonight. Is this just you being prescient? Are you just going to try to tell us that you know ball better than anybody else knows ball? What happened here? <laughs> no, because I, I did pick St. Mary's to go to the Final Four. But, uh, you know, you throw <laughs> enough darts tonight, man. <laughs> You hit, you hit a few. So they were two for 20 to start from three. And and I do worry that I don't think they have it. Their best shooter is the kid Joe Pinion coming off the bench, but he can't get off the bench because he can't really guard. So they got a bunch of really good athletes. 
you know, I think on certain nights they're going to shoot it well enough. And, and like Jarrell said, they're super athletic. They get after you. They did not do anything on the offensive glass tonight. And against UNCG, they need to. But again, the Langley's super athletic. We're going to hopefully talk to them here in a couple minutes. Uh, but I, I think ultimately Arkansas has got to make enough shots. And yes, it takes them time to get going, but you got to come out of the gates a little bit better than this. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I am, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit worried about them. At the same time, this is kind of what Must does, right? This is kind of what Arkansas does. They play some of these early games, they struggle through some of these early games. Like, Wayne, I've, I've said this before on the show. Like, when Mar- Must figures out where he's able to win mismatches and where he's able to go to somebody that, that can't be guarded, he just goes to that over and over and over and over and over again. But it kind of takes him sometimes like a month two months last year it took them three months before they figured out like what worked for them and how they were able to go out and win games so i think this is just kind of part of the process for them um it's unfortunate that uh they had to lose a home game um to kind of figure some of this stuff out and honestly you know you could talk about the shooting you could talk about the offensive rebounding they gave up 78 points at home Jarrell. we talked about it with uh with with michigan like you can't give up 78 points at home when you're playing against a team that you're supposed to be able to overmatch no, absolutely, and and it's, you're talking about a UNC Greensboro team that's coming in and shooting f- almost fifty percent from the field at that, uh, and like we said, just kept they were able to keep them off the offensive glass and punish them on the other end. Uh, you know, they didn't shoot it spectacular from three; they were nine to twenty four. So that's that's not the only reason that they lost, but they just got uh, they got outplayed tonight and, and six offensive rebounds at home. And, and giving up 78 points at home is not kind of their culture and what they've been doing to have, for them to have success over the last couple of years. So they got to get back to doing that. They got to guard people. They got to be nasty. They got to be physical. Uh, they got to be fast and they got to attack the glass. That's what that's what Arkansas wins games at. That's the team. That's the only way this team is getting back up there and having the opportunity to compete in the SEC for a championship this year. Goodman, while we wait for the Langley, Langley Twins to show up, let's talk about some some other storylines that we saw pop up in the SEC tonight. And for me, the biggest one is going back to Kentucky, right? The biggest um, – you know what? I just got a message from the producer. Uh, we can uh, hold that conversation about Kentucky because the Langley Twins are here. Goodman, one of my favorite conversations, one of my favorite interviews that we've done this entire season during our off-season, our preseason uh, conference media day tour was – our guys. Our guys are guys. back on the show. Uh, they combined tonight for 25 points, but that's kind of burying the lead, right? Did we figure out who the best shooter is tonight? listen guys congratulations it's great to see you You just went into bud walton arena and got a win how you feeling man you got to feel pretty good right now yeah i feel like we uh feel like we're on top of the world right now uh i feel like we're the uh, happiest people on live right now so yeah just uh not satisfied just uh excited to win but uh you know it's a long season all right guys what what was it tonight where you're able to go into a hot – listen, that place is insane. It's an, it's one of the best home court advantages in all of college basketball. How were you able to go in, out-rebound these guys, uh, hold them in check from, from the perimeter? What was the biggest key to you guys coming away with a win tonight? Uh, I think, honestly, you know, we've been playing teams uh, previously, and they've been, you know, kicking our butts on the offensive glass, uh, defensive glass. 
And uh, really, we just talked in the locker room. We was like, that's not going to happen tonight. Um, you know, leadership kicked in. Um, but it, it really it really came from, you know, JB stepped up, uh, Jalen Brev stepped up, Kale stepped up, Mikhail, uh Brown stepped up. Um, just everybody as a collective stepped up and just uh, boxed out and got the rebounds, honestly. Yeah, I feel like it was just like the mindset from from the jump. Uh, we was just talking to our guys and just telling them, uh, you got nothing to worry about. Don't be scared. Uh, just go out there and do your best and um, just play hard. Everything take care of itself. Congrats, guys. Just jumping in here, man. Big win tonight. Uh, I'm just curious as to see, uh, just from a player standpoint, uh, what does a win like this kind of do for you guys going forward for the rest of the season? And, uh, you know, is this going to be kind of like a, a delight switch going off? Like from, hey, hey, you know, we got a good team. Hell, we could be really good. Yeah, I think it puts everybody on notice that uh, we're a really good team. Um, sometimes, you, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but I think that we're a really good team and we can be consistent with it uh, and win a lot of games. Yeah, it's a big uh, piggyback off key. I think to begin with, we all had the confidence going into the season. Like, um, you know, we might not have the biggest target on our back, but we're out here trying to um, go for the target. You know, uh, I think we're – we're competitors, you know, we're competitors. So um, coming into this game, we just felt like we was going to win. You know, coming into every game, we felt like we was going to win. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, the mindset. All right, so how do you celebrate tonight? First of all, what, what did you pick up for dinner on the way back to the hotel? Raising canes. Yeah, raising canes. Raising canes. Raising canes. Right now. <laughs> raising Is that good? I've seen them everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Is raising canes good or is it just there? Nah, I feel uh, like Raising Cane's is good. It's, yeah. it's the best to me. Honestly, Raising Cane's better than Zaxby's, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Get All these right. guys an NIL deal, man. Get them an NIL deal. Let's go. Give me one. Need that. Need that. Hey, you know, Rob, you know where they're going next? They got a week off, and then they go to Baja Mar, which I was at a couple months ago. Man, listen. Just don't spend too much time over there in the pool and the, and the water slides and all that stuff, all right? Just make, make sure you guys are doing the right thing here because uh, that place can give you a lot of distractions. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Definitely a business trip. Well, listen, guys, congratulations on the win. Um, you know we're happy for you. You know we're rooting for you. I got one last question. What is, uh, what's a better feeling? When you make a shot at home, a big shot at home, crowd goes nuts, pack gym going crazy. Or when you go in a building like that, 15,000 maniacs in there, and you make a shot and you can hear a pin drop. It's crazy. It's like you're doing one of these. It feels great. Yeah, it feels amazing. Yeah. Just going at an opponent arena like that, it's crazy. Well, listen, like guys, that congratulations. Kid. Yeah, go go celebrate this win. Go eat your raisin canes. Go enjoy this time with your teammates. Thank you for jumping on. Uh, you know you're gonna be we're, we're gonna be watching you guys the rest of the year. Congratulations, fellas. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Congrats, congrats, guys. That was the Langley twins. Uh Goodman. They might be my two favorite players in college basketball. Love, Love <laughs> those kids. We went down, Jarrell. We did the uh, the SoCon Media Day and we spent some time with them. And the funniest part was before the interviews. A bunch of people told me Keyshawn doesn't really say much. He's an introvert, and Kobe's the one who likes to talk. I'm like, all right. When they challenge me with that, Rob, <laughs> generally I'm pretty good at this. And 
how how good did we get Keyshawn going? Well, we got him going, man. They were fun. We had him arguing about who was the better shooter, who was the better defender, who was better at Madden. It was a uh, it was better All right, I teased it a little bit, Jarrell. <laughs> um, we we want to talk about Kentucky. I've already gotten Goodman's opinion on this. Uh, for my money, and Kentucky beat Stonehill one hundred one to sixty seven tonight. Reed Shepard and Robert Dillingham combined off the bench forty five points, fourteen assists, seven steals. They were also 10 for 14 from beyond the arc. I think that you got to start playing those two more minutes. I think Reed Shepard's the best guard they have. I think uh, I think uh, Robert Dillingham, a.k.a. Thrillingham, is the second best guard they have. How do you manage that if they're coming off the bench, Jarrell? I, you know, and I'm, and I'm not sure. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I think Cal is going to kind of have his, his work cut out for him a little bit. The only good thing about that situation right now is that all of these guys are young. So uh, the ego portion of it, I guess you can keep, you can kind of keep it and manage it a little bit better. But man, between uh, Shepard and Dillingham, it's hard to keep both of those guys on the bench. Man, Dillingham is explosive. I think he's he's easily one of the best guards in the country uh, right now as a freshman. I got an opportunity to work with him and Wagner at the uh, at the Nike Academy a few months ago, man. So I knew they kind of had it going, rolling into this, man. But they got some good young guards, and Reed Shepard is a dude, too, man. He's been playing his butt off. Uh, it's no question that he's going he, he's gonna to demand more minutes at some point. They're going to need him to, to kind of get back to where they're trying to go in Kentucky. Yeah, good, man. You got you got 30 seconds here, Goodman. Uh, what do you make of this uh, performance from Reed Shepard and Robert Dillingham? Here's the big thing with Reed Shepard. He gives you what some of those guys don't give you, which is a ball mover. A ball mover. And those guys love to dribble, dribble, dribble. And they can get to the basket whenever the hell they want. But you need something different. And Reed Shepard just makes the right decision for the most part. And he can make shots from deep. So uh, I think you got to have Reed Shepard out there 30 minutes a game. 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I agree. He's also their best perimeter defender. Listen, we got to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the SEC, and I'm going to put Jarrell on the spot. Is Marquette going to win the Maui Invitation? College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with three-man weave, heat check CVB, and verbal commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show.
Welcome back to the Friday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Dawson. I have Jarrell McNeil. And that guy that you just heard talking when he knew the mics were hot is none other than Jeff Goodman. That's not going to be the last time that Jeff messes something up on this show. I can promise you that. Hey, by the way, I just want you guys to know we do have another show that we're going to be doing every single night. It is called Last Call. It is replacing the afters we're going to be answering all of your chat questions so jump in our chat jump in the stadium youtube chat drop in your questions there we're going to be interacting with you guys we will answer anything that won't get us canceled i promise you that i will put jerell <laughs> mcneil on the spot if i have to i'm not afraid to do it i can't do it with goodman because goodman might mess up the show and get it canceled listen guys uh, i wanted to touch on one other thing on the sec before we got into a conversation uh, about the maui invitational i'm really high on auburn guys i am really high on them i love their bigs i think aiden holloway is the perfect bruce pearl guard i love what katie johnson brings off the bench jarrell i don't think i've talked to you about the tigers yet where do you stand on this team? oh man I'm, I'm i'm actually with you on this one rob i was really high on them they uh they thoroughly impressed me in the game a couple weeks ago against baylor uh, a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Like you said, Aiden Holloway can really, uh, really dynamic, a uh, little bit undersized, smaller point guard, but man, he can, he can, he can shoot the hell out of the ball. He's really good in pick and roll situations. And, uh, Johnny Broom as well, too, man. He's a tough, rugged guy. He's obviously been working on his game a little bit, uh, being able to, to, uh, to step into and knock down a couple more pick and pop threes. So that, that kind of gives him a different element to his game. And, uh, you know, I expect, I expect the tire, uh, the tire to be really competitive this year obviously bruce pearl does what he does they're gonna be up in the guys and pressure and things like that man i think they got an opportunity to finish in the top four in the sec this year though seriously i, I want to ask you real quick about aiden holloway because he was a guy that played in the eybl you've coached on the eybl circuit um he struggled a little bit tonight you only had eight points shot 20 percent from the floor but coming into tonight he was averaging 15 points uh five assists shooting better than 50 percent from three um, I was a little bit I, I knew he had some of this in his game. I was a little bit worried about a guy that he's listed at six one. I don't think he's six one um, coming in as a freshman playing in the SEC. Did you see this kind of impact coming from him right away? You know, I was I was a little bit worried as well, too, because I just, you know, you always got to take into account that freshman curve. And when guys come in, you know, it takes guys, some guys longer than it takes others to kind of figure out the physicality of the game, the things that they're going to have to be, the, the things that they're going to have to do to stay on the court in college a lot of times. And uh, to be honest with you, Pearl has kind of rolled him out there, man, and let him go a little bit. Some of these shots that he's taking, he's taking NBA three-pointers, he's confident and all the things that he's able to do in pick and roll situations are a strength so i think they kind of feed off of that and the older guys are kind of helping them along with everything at uh everything else i think the only thing that he really kind of struggles with from my opinions at times is uh when he gets a little bit too deep into the paint he struggles to see some of the passes or get the passes to guys over some length and he struggles finishing over length at the rim a little bit man as he continues to grow and uh gets more comfortable and starts using his floaters and those in-between shots and things like that man he's going to be a dynamic yard uh guard for a long time to come Goodman, are you with me on the Tigers? Uh, Bruce Pearl loves small guards. Like, he, he loves them. My problem has been, for the last couple of years, has been a lot of these guys aren't point guards. And, and Aiden Holloway, as much as I loved him, and I loved him on the circuit, he is not a point guard. They have five assists on 25 field goals tonight. That's got to be better. they got to be able to move the ball. They can't just – that's kind of what they've done the last couple of years, right? 
uh, with Wendell, like just kind of jacking shots up. They got to be able to kind of make things easier for other guys like Katie Johnson. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's get into the Maui Invitational. We are, of course, uh, presented by our partners over at BetMGM. I think the Maui Invitational might be the best NTE field we've ever seen. There are five top teams in a field with eight teams. Real quick, uh, the odds over on BetMGM for teams to win. Kansas is getting at plus 170. Tennessee is getting at plus 300. Purdue, who might be the best team in college basketball, is plus 325. That seems a little bit long for my odds. And Marquette, Jarrell, is plus 600. They are 6-1 to one to win. That means if you bet $100 on Marquette to win, you win $600 over at our friends with BetMGM. Jarrell, talk to me, man. Talk me into this. Why will Marquette win the Maui Invitational? Give it to me, man. Talk me into it. Rob, I love those odds, first of all. It doesn't sound like a bad bet to me at all. Uh, but uh, I think I think the I think the guys are rolling right now. They're coming off a big win uh, at Illinois. And uh, the, only, the only real concern I think uh, all of Marquette Nation right now is kind of holding their breath on is just uh, is TK's ankle. If, uh, if, and he's, and he's going to have some time now. Uh, hopefully you don't worry about it swelling up more, getting uh, inflamed on that flight over there because it, it, it is a long flight. Uh, but you want to make sure that he, you can get him as close to 100% as possible. And uh, to be honest with you, with, with the field that it is, I think it'll be it'll kind of work in Marquette's favor uh, with 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 the traditional bigs, both in this one with Kansas, with Dickinson and Purdue, with, uh, Edie. Uh, we'll have opportunity to play some small ball and uh, and kind of stretch those guys out and bring them away from the rim a little bit with Oso being kind of our our uh, point center out there. Uh, I think it'll work in our favor a lot, man, and it'll be some cool matchups to see as well too. One of the fun things always about these uh, this time of year in Feast Week is you get to see matchups that you usually don't get a chance to see. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm going all in Marquette plus six hundred. I love it. Look, Goodman, I'm, I'm, gonna, about three. I'm just going to put this out there, Goodman. I don't believe that, yeah. that Tyler Kolick feels pain. Either he doesn't feel pain or he didn't actually have an injured ankle. But you you guys tried to tell me he was a game-time decision, and then he goes out against Illinois and has 24.6 boards, four assists, 10 for 18 from the field. I know our producer, Trevor Valise, shout out to him. He was crying some tears inside and a little bit of tears on the outside as well when uh, when when uh, Tyler Kolek did that um, at Illinois. Where do you stand on this event? You know what? You've been around for a long time. You're really, really old. Uh what do you make of <laughs> this field that they have right now? And is it as uh, look? I can't re- I can't remember a field that was as good as this one. The two teams that aren't ranked in the top ten, Syracuse and UCLA, two of the biggest brands and two really really talented teams. No, the only the only issue is you got Chaminade in there again. You know, if you didn't have Chaminade, you had somebody else. <laughs> but it's it's loaded. The the seven teams are loaded. You know, here's here's my my worry with Marquette. Is you, you get UCLA in the first game. I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. I think UCLA is so young, and and they're going to struggle out of the gates here. But Kolek's got to go back to back to back. There's no days off in the Maui. So you get Kansas in the second game, and you get Dewan Harris, who's one of the best defensive point guards in the country, with, with again, no days off. And then if you get through them, you're going to deal with, like, Purdue potentially – in the third straight day with his ankle the way it's been. I just want him to be smart. Honestly, I he, he's so much of a gamer that he can't 
pull back when he plays. And I'm just hoping that, that he's smart about how he plays and, and and doesn't further injure the ankle. But, man, every game. I mean, look at these games you've got. Like, first-round game of Purdue-Gonzaga. Like, that's insane. That is absolutely insane. It's awesome. Uh, now, again, I don't know who, who the hell is going to stop Zach Eady on Gonzaga. Like, good luck to you. Like, I think they have a better shot with Ben Gregg out there who could pull him away from the basket at least. Braden Huff is averaging like 21-8 through uh, yep. through yep. the first couple of games. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, I'll, I'll tell you guys this, and Jarrell, please don't be offended when I say this. All I want out of this tournament is Purdue and Kansas for the Maui Invitational Championship <laughs> at 5 o'clock oh. on that Wednesday. Before, like, th- we all think that they're the two best teams in college basketball. I think we all think Zach Eadie and Hunter Dickinson are the two best players in college basketball. Like, that matchup just has so many storylines. They're number one and two, number two in the country. It, there's, there's so much appealing about it. Like, I just I want it to happen so that it becomes this event that cuts through everything else in college ba- in, in sports in America. Like, point blank, period. Like, that's. That's the kind of matchup that leads Sports Center for two straight days, right? That's the kind of thing where you wake up on Thursday morning and people are still talking about that, even though you have Thanksgiving and you have Thanksgiving football and you have all of these other MTE events. Like that's that's the kind of matchup that this sport needs. And I, I love Shaka. I love Marquette. You guys know how I feel about Tyler Cole. Like, like that team is so much fun and so <laughs> awesome. It has a certain swag about them. I, I need that Purdue Kansas matchup, man. Jarrell, I, please don't hate me. I need that Purdue Kansas matchup in my life. You, you know, you know, Rob. I would, I wouldn't be mad, completely mad at that because I get what you're saying. And man, how how great would that just be for the sport and totality of college men's basketball? Like you said, uh, with us lacking so many big time games and names early on in the year, and you know, I'm so I'm watching women's basketball, and some of these their teams are going to Paris and playing all kinds of stuff, man. You know, so we kind of need that staple matchup. So I get it in that uh, in that aspect. But on the other hand, I would be pissed i really want shocking the boys to do something that uh that we didn't get a chance to do we lost to we lost to duke in the championship when i got my chance to go to maui and uh i would really love for them to bring that one home uh cal singler ended up with my mvp award uh so you know those those never get old but we did we did beat them the year before in kansas city uh so yeah yeah, you, you hear that, Gunny? He said, look, I, I hear what you're saying, but also kiss my ass. Listen, this has been the field. <laughs> Make sure you head over to the stadium YouTube channel. We're going to be doing last all over there for the next 30 minutes. Jump in the chat. Ask us questions. We'll answer them.